You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Woke up. It's Thursday. It means we're just a few days away from football or Cowboys football. And of course, Thursday night football tonight. You're with Broadcasting the Boys on the Blogging the Boys podcast network with Roy White, who you can find on Twitter at rw 3 I am Ari Temkin on Twitter at Ari Sports. We're going to be joined by Mo Egger, my friend from ESPN Radio in Cincinnati, to give us some insights and perspective on the new starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, Andy Dalton, Roy. Boy, and uh, how quickly things change in the NFL and certainly for the Dallas Cowboys – We've been seeing a lot of things change all over the field. But it seemed like as long as you have your quarterback in place, everything could maybe go the way you had hoped by the season's end, right? You still had time to get healthy in some areas. Leighton Vander Esch, the offensive line, well, none of those guys are unfortunately coming back at this point. But certainly on the defensive side of the football, you could begin to have some hope. Well, there was optimism, I think you're right. There's optimism that this team would improve because guys would get healthy and look, over the course of the season, they were going to get better because they were going to be more familiar and, and whatnot. And unfortunately, bad news is that's completely out the window. But I do still have some good news for you, Ari, All right. if you can believe it. The good news is the Cowboys are almost guaranteed to add a third-round draft pick Ooh. in the 2022 NFL draft. Now, maybe that doesn't sound that exciting because that exciting. That is still two years away and it doesn't have anything to do with next year. But the fact that Andy Dalton is now going to see 12 games in the NFL suggests that you are going to give teams a significant sample size to evaluate his possibilities as an NFL starting quarterback. And I do believe that at least one team in this league is going to see what they see and decide he's good enough to give him a shot on a one-year deal. And that's all the Cowboys need to be able to recoup a third-round compensatory pick in the 2022 draft, assuming they don't sign big-name free agents to offset that compensatory pick. And I know we're getting into minutia of compensatory picks. We'll certainly come back to it at the end of the year when we talk about all this stuff again, but I just want to put that bug in your ear because that is what I feel like is the only silver lining of this entire situation, Ari. The fact that, that he could leverage this into signing with the team this offseason as a starting quarterback and then net the Cowboys a compensatory pick in the 2022 NFL draft? Yes. And when I say that I see that as the only benefit, I see that as the only benefit to the current iteration of the Dallas Cowboys as well. Now, there's going to be a lot of people out there that will say, why can't Andy Dalton win as many games 
against this god-awful division as Dak Prescott did. And to that statement, to that philosophy, I would not argue. I think Andy Dalton may very well be the best quarterback in this division. I don't know where you stand on that particular topic, but I think Andy Dalton may very well still be the best quarterback in this division. So that puts the Cowboys in a position where they may very well wind up winning the division with Andy Dalton at quarterback. But when I was excited about signing Andy Dalton this offseason, I was excited over the idea that if Dak Prescott went down for a three- to four-game stretch, the Cowboys would not be sunk for that amount of time, and the backup quarterback situation would be good enough to maybe win you a few of those games and settle the tide, settle the ships, until Dak Prescott made his return. Now that he's going to be out for the rest of the season, Andy Dalton feels more like a roadblock to getting a better draft pick in Mm. the 2021 NFL draft, as opposed to, which, again, not the worst thing in the world, but ultimately just a third-round comp pick in 2022. Yeah, I see that, right? I mean, this team had Super Bowl aspirations, and though they still have a talented team on offense with major question marks still on defense, your ceiling is not quite as high as with Dalton as it was the Dak. They don't have Super Bowl aspirations anymore, right? I mean, maybe a fan out there could convince us. Well, that- after, after the start to the year, was it realistic to think that this team – was a Super Bowl team? Like, how realistic were Super Bowl aspirations after seeing this team for five weeks? I suppose I could make the case that for a quarterback to be having an all-time historic start to the NFL season, defenses can be variable as seasons go along. And as we mentioned, this defense is going to get healthier as the season goes along. Now, some guys aren't ever coming back. But I can think of one pass rusher in particular that's going to be joining the team in the next couple of weeks in Randy Gregory. I would like to think that as the season goes along, Everson Griffin will finally fulfill his promise of showing up to a football game at some point this season. Sure, he went on social media and said, it's only week three. I'm not supposed to be good three weeks into the season. Well, okay, can we get you back to like somewhat of 2019, 20, 2018 level by halfway through the season? Can you do that for me? Uh, Leighton Vander Esch could return. Well, and here's, here's the thing for me that's been maybe the biggest disappointment for the Cowboys season in 2020. I, I think the defense has been bad. The worst part of this team has been the turnovers. The Cowboys are minus eight in the turnover differential. They are 31st in the NFL with 11 turnovers. And that, like, if you have a bad defense and you turn the ball over 11 times in five games, you are in big, big trouble. And that's why, like, on the post-game show against the Giants game, it's like people are like, yeah, but they gave up 34 points to the Giants. No, they didn't. They gave up a pick six, and then Andy Dalton fumbled one of, a snap in the, in the Giants' red zone. So they really, the defense really only gave up 20 points to the Giants. It was 14 points that were gift wrapped to them to the Cowboys offense. And that's been their issue all year. And that's where it's like, all right, Dalton over the course of his career hasn't been a big turnover guy. 
And, you know, the idea of playing more to the Cowboys' strengths of their running game. Like, look, I'm not, I'm not buying into the fact that this team is now a Super Bowl contender with Andy Dalton at quarterback. But I'm just anxious and curious to see what this team is going to look like because I don't know. And even though a part of me agrees with you on Team Tank, and it's like if it's going to go bad, it might as well go bad, or if it's going to be you know average, it might as well go bad than average. But I don't know. I just don't want to live in that world. Like it's October. This is going to be a weird season. I don't want. I don't want to already be like the Giants, the Jets, and start talking about the draft. That's just not a fun way to live as a sports fan. Like I, I don't know. I just. I guess I would rather be a middle of the road team at worst than be a team that's thinking about the draft in early October. There's no denying that it is not a fun approach to take to a football season. But the reality of losing a starting quarterback for the entire season in the NFL is a reality that essentially no team has ever overcome outside of what the Philadelphia Eagles did when Nick Foles took over and won a Super Bowl. Or outside of what the Patriots did when a rookie who no one knew in Tom Brady took over for a hurt or a poorly playing Drew Bledsoe and ran his team to a Super Bowl. But outside of those two examples, there aren't a whole lot of instances where a quarterback has been usurped midway through the season and a team has become better for it. Certainly even with a known entity in an Andy Dalton. I suppose maybe Kurt Warner comes to mind as well from, you know, Trent Green going down at the time. Yeah. But even then, the head coach of that football team was crying over that injury because he knew how devastating it was, or at least how devastating he thought it was. That's not to say that Andy Dalton can't give this team flashes and moments this season to make Cowboys fans be invested. And granted, in 2020, of all years, uh, has there ever been a time we needed more distractions from a sports standpoint? Mm -hmm. In my lifetime, I can't say that there has been. So I'm not advocating anybody give up on the season. But what I am saying is I don't think the Cowboys are necessarily in a better position long-term having signed Andy Dalton now knowing that he's going to play the rest of the season. Because no matter how well he plays, essentially all he can do is cause more problems for you long-term. And think about what I'm saying here. If Andy Dalton happens to play so well that the Cowboys win 10 or 11 games, does that not complicate the decision that needs to be made next offseason when they have to decide whether or not to bring back an injured Dak Prescott on a franchise tag, $39 million, or a long-term deal, which the two sides have already proven to be far apart on, or they need to actually be thinking about holding on to a quarterback that's in his mid-30s and maybe just produced a fluke of a season because he had complementary offensive weapons and he had a defense that couldn't stop anybody, so he was forced to throw. Ultimately, to me, 
Andy Dalton's benefit came from the fact that he was only going to start three to four games maximum for you. Now he's going to put you in a position in all likelihood where you may very well end up winning the division, which means you don't get a draft pick higher than 18. But it also means you're probably not competing against the best in the NFC when the best in the NFC includes Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, and a San Francisco 49ers defense that looked awful last week. But let's be real. No one wants to see that front four. I mean, certainly, certainly I would throw Russell Wilson and, and Aaron Rodgers in that mix. I don't know who else is an elite team in the NFC quite yet, but certainly Rodgers and, and uh, Russell Wilson fit that bill. So let me ask you something. Do you believe that there is a chance the Cowboys look this offseason and think we can let Dak go but bring back Andy Dalton? I've wrestled this. I've wrestled with this question because in my mind. that seems mind, inconceivable. In my mind, no. There is nothing, nothing that I could see from Andy Dalton that would make me think that Andy Dalton is a better option for this team going forward than Dak Prescott. However, you've been around enough to hear the rumblings from the fan base from people who believe that Andy Dalton is, in fact, a better quarterback than Dak Prescott or at least a comparable quarterback to Dak Prescott from a results standpoint. And it's not inconceivable to think that as we've talked about a guy who's less turnover prone and how you mentioned what's really plagued this team is turnovers. It's not inconceivable to think that if Andy Dalton holds on to the ball well enough over his tenure here over the next 11 games, it's not inconceivable to think that he could put that seed of doubt in their minds. Mm. Now, again, Me, would never even consider it. He could throw 50 touchdowns to five interceptions, and Dak Prescott would still be my decision as the quarterback I would want to quarterback my Dallas Cowboys football team in 2021. But my opinion doesn't mean a whole lot in that building. So do you think that's a possibility? Do you think that's inconceivable? That I mean, they would consider keeping it's 2020. Andy Dalton. Anything's a, possible. Yeah, at a, at a lesser rate, by the way. I mean, even if Andy Dalton exceeds all expectations, the thing is, you're not paying him 40 million. No one's paying him $40 million. We know what Andy Dalton's ceiling is. We don't know what Dak Prescott's ceiling is. That's the thing that I don't know that will always be in the back of the mind of the decision makers of the Cowboys. You know, I, I don't. It's just hard for me to believe that. There's any way that this season ends and anybody feels confident that the Cowboys got as far as they could go. You know what I mean? Or, 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 or anybody feels confident that they had their best shot with Dalton. Like, I, I do think that this team could still win games and win the division. And I don't, who knows? Maybe win a playoff game. Maybe. Who knows? But it just seems like at the end of the day, when the season ends, regardless of the roller coaster that it is, that it's going to be difficult to think that I'm sitting back there like, yeah, this team had a better shot this year with Dalton. Like it, it's going to come down to, yeah, this team would have had a much better shot with, with Dak Prescott. So let me ask you this, and we can close with this before we get to Mo Egger and get some insights on Danny Dalton. What do you think is, what, what, do you, what, what are you going to see in 2021? Is, is, is Dak Prescott starting your season opener? Is he on a long-term contract? Is he on a franchise tag? 
I think they go back to the well. I think they franchise tag him again. Um, with only four games to make evaluations and nothing's changed really from a, from a data standpoint. Well, what has he provided you? Uh, he's provided you a historic four game stretch from a production standpoint, but he's also provided you the highest turnover rate of his career over a sample size of that long. Yeah. So I don't think either side would be budging from their current position. The Cowboys would stand fast and say, well, the only things that have added to your case are the fact that you now are running as a mobile quarterback on a absolutely shattered ankle that yes, was surgically repaired just fine, but the Cowboys are going to negotiate as if it is a concern. And from Dak Prescott's side of things, he's going to say right before I got hurt, I was throwing the ball better than any quarterback in the NFL. How could these two sides have gotten any closer based on what we saw mm. and the contradiction of what the we only saw, thing would which be also a, included a one and three record. The only thing would be a incentive. The Cowboys are incentivized because it's going to cost them more money next year on a salary cap. That's less. And maybe you could make the case that Dak Prescott would be incentivized to take a long-term deal from a security standpoint. But if I, I had, feel if I, I had, Dak is go ahead. If I if I had to take a guess, I'd say that Dak Prescott's the starting quarterback of the Cowboys in twenty twenty one on a franchise tag. That'd be my guess. And I would agree with you. Because I don't think they're gonna get closer. I don't think the Cowboys want to play the guessing game. I don't yeah. think they're gonna have a high enough draft pick to make an honest decision about replacing him with a young quarterback who they believe they could trust, right? Outside of Trevor Lawrence, I don't know if there's a whole lot of what people would refer to as sure things in this upcoming draft. So I think the Cowboys will go back to the well on the franchise tag. And at that point, all bets are off. And if I had to play my gut, I would say that Dak Prescott would then be testing the free agent market the following year. It's Roy White on Twitter at RW3. I am Ari Temkin on Twitter at Ari Sports. Let's get some perspective on Andy Dalton from a guy who knows. Mo Egger from ESPN Radio in Cincinnati next. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. On Broadcasting the Boys here on the Blogging the Boys Network, Roy White, Ari Temkin. Let's visit with my buddy Mo Egger from ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati. Thought we'd get some perspective from Mo on the quarterback now taking over for the Dallas Cowboys, TCU legend Andy Dalton, who, of course, had a pretty 
decent career at Cincinnati? Decent? Yeah. I, I, I would say better than decent. When you're the starting quarterback in one city for nine years and, and you go to the playoffs five times, I think it's better than decent. Andy Dalton, people get mad at me when I say this. You can make the argument he's the second-best quarterback in the history of the Bengals. Now, wow. you, you might argue that bar is not very high, but he had a really good run here. He had a really good run here, and what was great about it, I'm sure we'll talk about how fans sort of perceived him while he was here. It was a very amicable parting where by the time he left here, um, it, there was a a full-on sort of Andy Dalton appreciation in large part because, you know, it's, it's, it's like when you're happy with your current girlfriend, suddenly you'll, you know, you'll say nice things about your ex-girlfriend. So it was a little bit easier for, for Bengals fans, I think, to wish Andy well and say nice things about him because they were smitten with Joe Burrow. But yeah, he had a good run here. Well, wait, I wait, hold on. Boomer Esiason, Jeff Blake. Uh, I love Jeff Blake. Uh, Boomer Esiason's <laughs> my childhood hero. Right. And, he's definitely the, the top. Uh, well, so, so, so I, I would say number one is Kenny Anderson, who oh, good call. might good call. be in the argument to be the best player, not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And if they win Super Bowl 16, chances are he's in. Uh, Boomer obviously has a case for number two. Boomer was not a great playoff player, and they only made the playoffs two times with Boomer. And the one year, they weren't very good. So everybody remembers 88. He was the MVP of the league. Uh, Carson Palmer obviously has an argument to be in the top three at least. But, you know, Andy. Jeff Blake had some good years there. Jeff Blake had some good years for some really bad teams. And, and, really and trust bad me, teams. I love Jeff Blake. I yeah. love Jeff Blake. Prettiest I, deep ball I've ever seen to this day. But I, I, I said you can make a case that Dalton's the second best. You're not going to get a lot of Bengals fans to agree with that. But if you look at the numbers, and also if you look at the fact that, again, Boomer wasn't great in the postseason. Carson never won a playoff game and only got there twice. Dalton, he's clearly one of the best four. Nothing against Jeff. And I think you could argue – I'm not sure I would, but I think you could argue he's number two. Well, that's what I was interested in, uh, Mo, because um, you you kind of mentioned statistically, but I'm also interested kind of perceptionally how he was thought of, because obviously statistics have grown for everybody at the position over the last decade and a half. So perception-wise, you mentioned uh, that Boomer wasn't a very good playoff quarterback. I don't remember Andy Dalton having a whole lot of playoff success either. (laughs) Correct me if I'm wrong. So I do wonder what the perception overall, you said they thought of him as a a fairly good quarterback, but did you ever feel that he was the type of quarterback that could win you a Super Bowl? No. Um, If we're being honest, no. It's (laughs) – I could spend an hour talking about the the relationship that Bengals fans had with Andy Dalton over his nine years here. I I think what you have to remember is when the Bengals took him in 2011, that that wasn't their plan. Their plan was, hey, Carson Palmer is going to be our quarterback. He was under contract for four more seasons. They had had a disastrous 2010. And clearly, you know, they they needed to, to, you know, reboot, overhaul the roster. But, you know, best laid plans when the 2010 season ended, they had gone four and twelve. They bring back Marvin Lewis. They were doing all of that. Their thinking was Carson's going to be our guy. Well, um, about a week into the offseason, Carson says, "Trade me or I'm retiring." And that lasted. Remember, there was a lockout that offseason, so 
There was no resolution to this for 11 months. Um, it was the offseason from hell. Bengals voted the worst franchise in, in all of sports, according to ESPN. Carson Palmer says, I'd rather leave $50 million on the table than play for you. Yeah. So in the middle of all this, um, and you had a lockout, which really prevented anybody from doing anything. They draft A.J. Green in round one. They took Andy Dalton early in round two. And, you know, we when, when he when he was drafted, was he going to be the starting quarterback? Were they going to go get a veteran? Was Were they going to be able to convince Carson to come back? Andy Dalton became the starting quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals during a time Remember, they didn't trade Carson until November. So Carson, at any moment, could theoretically walk through the front door and, and ask for his job back. He was never going to do that, but that hovered over everything. Um, there was no uh, offseason. It was kind of like this year because of the lockout. They, they couldn't um, bring him in and teach him the offense until training camp actually started. They had a first-year offensive coordinator, and Andy Dalton came in and won nine games, and he really helped settle down the franchise. And I never thought he got enough credit for being able to do that. And so in large part because, you know, they, they weren't bad with him. Fans were thrilled that they traded Carson and got something a high value for him. There was sort of this sense in 2011, like, all right, now we got our guy. And then as 2012 and 2013 played out, I think it became abundantly clear that you can win a lot of games with Andy Dalton but he's probably going to have to be the kind of guy that you really surround him uh, as best as you possibly can with great weapons and a good offensive line. But the good news is the Bengals did that in 2015, uh, which would be Andy's fifth year. um, He was at this point playing under a second contract. It was kind of a controversial contract um, in terms of, is this a guy that you sign long-term? but he signed an extraordinarily team-friendly deal. We used to always say on an annual basis, like, all right, this year, Andy Dalton's the 21st highest-paid quarterback in the league. <laughs> it's about what he is. I mean, he, he was never overpaid. Um, the Bengals could have gotten out from underneath the contract at any point, which obviously they did this offseason, and not owe him a dime. So he signs this really team-friendly deal, really a, a deal that gave him a lot of payroll flexibility, and they did a really good job of building up to the 2015 season. Unfortunately... Up until 2015, you mentioned Andy's playoff track record. It was terrible. Um, He was bad in his first two games, and you kind of chalk that up to them maybe not being ready and Andy not being ready. His third playoff game in 2013, he was awful. And this was kind of the one that they had been building to for years. They finally had a home playoff game. It was against the Chargers team they had beaten in San Diego. This was the team that everybody wanted to play, and Andy was awful. Turned it over, I think, four times. They lose by 17 points at home. The following year, uh, they went to Indianapolis and played a playoff game, and everybody was hurt. Uh, we found out the morning of the game, Jermaine Gresham, the, the team's starting tight end, was hurt. And you could add that to the list that included A.J. Green, Tyler Eifert, their tight end, had gotten injured. Uh, Marvin Jones got in, injured in training camp. I mean, they we, we joked they were, like, picking dudes up at, at bus stops on the way to Indianapolis for the playoff game. So, in 2015, everything goes right. They have uh, A.J. Green, uh, Giovanni Bernard, Marvin Jones, a healthy Tyler Eifert, Muhammad Sanu, one of the best two or three offensive lines in football, and a great defense. And yet even then, the question was, can Andy get them there? Can Andy win playoff games? And we never got a chance to find out because he, of course, got hurt week 13, didn't play in the playoff game, which uh, your listeners probably remember is the meltdown against the Steelers where – 
Adam Jones is uh, yeah. getting involved with Joey Porter and Vontez Burfick tried to decapitate Antonio Brown. Dalton didn't play that game. So that was kind of the closing of the window for the Bengals. And if you remember, A.J. McCarron started that game. He was terrible, but he was pretty good on, on the last real offensive drive. And so in large part because he had people who didn't like Andy, in large part because there's a lot of SEC football fans in Cincinnati, um, there was this whole offseason thing of, well, AJ should be the guy and they should move on from Andy Dalton. And then, you know, we saw what happened the last four years. They had losing seasons every single year, but even at his best, even when the team, they went 12 and four that year, even when, when Andy was playing at his best, there was always this sense of God, I don't know that this guy can elevate a team. I don't know that this guy can, can go on the road and win playoff games. I don't know that when the stakes are at their most, that, that even with a good offensive line and great targets, I don't know that this guy can deliver. And unfortunately, in 2015, we never got a chance to see him shed the narrative. And then in 16, 17, and 18, and uh, last year, they had terrible teams. So it, it wasn't going to matter. But no, it, it, I, that's a very long answer to a short question. They, they, I, I don't think, if you remember 2015, we had the, the baseball all-star game here. Dalton plays in the celebrity softball game. He got booed which I thought was just the dumbest, pettiest thing by people here. He got booed. Um, and, and, and again, for, all he's done for that community too. That's a little, that's uh, a little harsh. It was awful. And he's a great guy, but I think that was reflective of by then there was, okay, what we thought we were going to get from this guy. We're not. And he's going to either get in the way of us winning big in the postseason, or we're, we're never going to give, we're never going to be able to, to have the kind of team that's able to elevate Andy Dalton in the postseason. And again, the, the real sort of um, tragedy of 2015 is not just that the team lost in the postseason. It was the best team they've had in decades, but that would have been Dalton's chance, his best chance to get a playoff win and shed, you know, put behind him, uh, the, the doubts that people had about him winning in the postseason. Given the current constitution of the Cowboys, they have obviously pretty good receivers. They have a decent offensive line, we think, with two undrafted free agents at right tackle and left tackle replacing Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins. They do not have a good defense. How confident should Cowboys fans be in this team with Andy Dalton taking over for Dak Prescott? They will be fine. Not great. They're not as good with Andy as they are with Dak. But, you know, I, I, I was watching the game when Andy came in. My, my first thought was, obviously, I hope Dak's okay. This is a terrible scene. And my second thought was, all right, let's go. I mean, right. I, I, as somebody, I, I, I want to see, I think everybody here wants to see Andy Dalton succeed. We want to see him be given a chance. And then I'm going, okay, he's got some dudes to throw to. That's a, that's a pretty good offensive line. A defense is a train wreck, but... In, in, in a way, it kind of reminded me of the 2015 Bengals. All right, he's got receivers all over the place, pretty good running game, good offensive line, and he's fine. I mean, if we were to go, and maybe you guys have done this, if we were to go up and down the NFL uh, before week one and go, okay, let's rank the backup quarterbacks, one to 32. If Andy Dalton's not number one, he's pretty damn yeah. close. If, yeah. if, if you need a Jameis. guy, except for Jameis, but if, if, if you're – if your plan B is a guy who's taken five teams to the postseason, who, for all of his limitations, doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He's never been a high interception, big risk taker, good in getting rid of the football quickly. And, you know, somebody who, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm not sure what's being said down there, but I'm sure as the backup quarterback has taken his job seriously. 
be prepared every single week, integrate himself into the, into the team's culture, learn the offense. He's going to do all that. Are there limitations? Yes. He doesn't have a cannon of an arm. Um, There's, there's throws that, eh, you know, he sort of leaves out there. He's not the world's most charismatic guy, but his teammates here did, did really love him. Um, Greatest pregame speech ever. (laughs) He's fine. He's, you could do better. And every team in the NFL, no, nobody wanted him to be the starting quarterback, but it, he'll 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 be he'll be fine. He's not going to the, the drop off. I don't think is going to be that steep. And you're not going to look at this at the end of the year and go, God, because we had to play Andy Dalton, the season completely unraveled. They might not win the division. They might not make the playoffs. Um, there, are, I'm sure, will be games where he doesn't play great, but he'll be he'll be fine. And that's that doesn't sound like a ringing endorsement, but for a backup quarterback, which is what he is right now, that's what you're looking for. Right. Is is he reliable? Are we going to be fine? I think the answer is yes. What did you feel like he excelled at, if anything? And what do you feel like are his biggest limitations? What he excels at more than anything is getting rid of the football quickly. Um, that's the name is a national punchline, but that's Hugh Jackson's coaching. Um, Hugh Jackson became the offensive coordinator in 2015 and they designed an offense uh, around this, but, but they also really got Andy to the point where I think in 2015, he was getting rid of the football uh, more quickly than any quarterback in the NFL. He's really good at that. He is really good at not making crippling mistakes He's not going to force the ball where it shouldn't go. He's, he's, he's mm-hmm. not going to take a lot of risks that put the team in jeopardy. Now, if you get into a game where that Dallas defense can't stop anybody, and you've you had mean every those, week, I was going to say you've had some of those games this year, and Andy Dalton has to go out there and hang 38 on somebody, that, that's, that's a dice. Not a recipe for, <laughs> not a recipe not a for recipe, long-term success. That's not a recipe for success. If you're asking him to just – Hey, let's just send you know wide receivers streaking down the field and have Andy heave it long a bunch of times. <laughs> you know, look, he had success doing that occasionally with AJ Green, and and I say occasionally, week in and week out for a few years, but that really was never his strength. Not to say that he can't beat a guy with the occasional deep, beat a team with the occasional deep ball, or take advantage of the weapons that he has downfield, but that's that's not his game. His game is get rid of the football quickly, make good decisions. Um, the other thing about Andy is I've, I've seen him, you know, over the course of, of nine years, there were times, especially when the Bengals were pretty good, where Andy would have a clunker of a game and it never turns into two clunkers. He had a game in prime time against the Browns where his passer rating was two. And then the following game, his passer rating on the road against the saints was the best of his career. I think still to this day, the best of his career. I've seen him have opening drives in games that were abysmal. And you kind of go, go, this could be a long day. Or he does throw a pick. He's one of these guys, the, the mistakes don't multiply. The bad games don't multiply. I, I think that's an endearing trait. But he's, he's, he's reliable. He's, he's um, you know, I remember when they drafted him, listening to Jay Gruden talk about the, the fact that, you know, look, he, he's, he's in the se- he fell to the second round for a reason. There's physical limitations. But um, – he's he's smart as hell he installed our offense for us you know he was i hate this term he was great on the whiteboard but he's a smart dude he's a smart dude he's a hard-working guy and again he's he's not going to kill them he's he's probably not going to play better than dak prescott at his best but 
he's not going to be one of these dudes that just looks like he's in over his head, unprepared, completely physically, um, you, you know, at, at odds with whatever the Dallas Cowboys are trying to do. He's, he's going to be fine. And, and especially with the weapons they have, he should be okay. Mo Egger, ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati. Cowboys at Cincinnati, December 13th. Should be a fun one with Andy Dalton returning. Oh, that to game, Cincinnati. he's going to throw for 360, four <laughs> times. I mean, this is how it works in this town. Andy's going to come back and, like, silently, I'll, I'll kind of root for him to, to play well. I, I hope he plays well. Um, he'll get a, you know, we're, we have 12,000 fans at games. They will give him a nice ovation, as, as they should. Uh, but I think everybody is bracing for Andy to come back to town and just stick it to the Bengals because that's what happens here. You know, we can't keep Joe Burrow upright, but God knows Andy will come back to town and just C.D. Lamb and Gallup and all these dudes will just be streaking through the Bengals secondary. They'll get 25 <laughs> sacks against Joe Burrow, and Andy Dalton's going to come in here and, and, and stick it to his former team. <laughs> we all hope so. Thank you, Mo. Appreciate your time, You buddy. hope so. Nobody here does. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Mo. Yep. Great talking, buddy. Thank you. Be well. Yep. yep. See you guys. All right, Roy, Mo Agger joining us here. You feel any better about Andy Dalton? I suppose a little bit. Um, Mo was very eloquent in his description of Andy's time in Cincinnati. And, yeah, I suppose it makes me feel optimistic enough to think he can win the division. But he also spoke about a guy who I believe is, as we said, has a ceiling that will ultimately reward the Cowboys with a third-round compensatory draft pick and nothing more. Roy White on Twitter at rdub3. I am Ari Temkin on Twitter at Ari Sports. Cowboys and Arizona Cardinals. The pregame show starts at 4 on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network with the postgame show with myself and Brian Broaddus to follow the game. Should be very, very interesting on Monday night against the Arizona Cardinals. But for now, Roy, leave the people with something. Prime time. Let's hope we don't have another Tuesday night game. I suppose it could be coming. Wear your masks, people.